we can work and, and play and, and engage with our imagination to envisage the kind of futures that we know deep down we, we want and that we know are possible. Hi, Vicki Robin here, host of What Could Possibly Go Right, a project of the Post Carbon Institute, in which I interview cultural scouts, people who see far and serve the common good, asking each of them my one core question in all that is going awry and going wrong, or at least going in a confusing direction, what do they see from their perspective could possibly go right? What could possibly go right? So today's guest is Christabel Rose Reed, um, and um, she's a special category of cultural scout. In 2015, Christabel and her sister Ruby founded an organization called Unvia, a London-based system change initiative that organizes around the principles of radical regeneration and joyful revolution. Since then, they have launched a media platform called EarthSpace and organized over 150 events, including full-day immersions, panel discussions, retreats, pilgrimages, circles, and festivals. In 2019, she founded the educational initiative Eco Resolution with Cara Delavine that aims to empower people all over the world to step up rather than shut down in the face of our ecological and climate emergency. Behind the more outward facing work is a deep commitment and passion for meditation and yoga. In 2017, she completed her master's with first class honors in the traditions of yoga and meditation. So as my life went on online, as did many of yours in 2020, and I looked around for, um, I looked around for <laughs> what could possibly go right, uh, and for gatherings that seemed to address the, th the questions that I had, I discovered a conference that Via organized in collaboration with the ULEX project called Regenerative Activist. Uh, regenerative activism, yeah. And I was captivated by the interviews conducted by Christabel and her team with each speaker, bringing out an unusual depth and honesty uh, for most of the online events that I've gone to. And uh, so I wanted to talk to Christabel because she's the curator. And I'm interested in talking with other curators and podcast hosts and people who produce events that, that generate meaning for other people and that whose art form is not their own books or you know, music or songs or projects, et cetera. Their art form is this curation, is this bringing together diverse elements into a whole that somehow or another can, through which they can communicate their vision and their desire and their hopes for um, a a better world. So here's my conversation with Christabel Rose Reed. I discovered you by chance. You know, I discovered that regenerative activism online uh, course in 2020, and it was the best thing I did online that year. It was wow. like, it was stunning. It was because there was some, I think it's because you combine spiritual practice earth regeneration and kick-ass activism, you know, like, like sort of like 
politically challenging the power structure, all those things combined and the people you selected and your interventions also, you know, the, the questions you asked reveal that how deeply you think about this. So for all of those reasons, I thought, how cool would this be to get Christabel to tell me her answer oh. to my question? Christabel, in all that is going wrong and going crazy, what could possibly go right? Mm. Um, so much could go right, I think. Uh, I think we could shift out of this idea that there's kind of no alternative um, and that the path has been kind of built for us and we could remember what it is to be a species that has some incredible gift of an imagination um and that we can work and and play and um and engage with our imagination to envisage the kind of futures that we that we know deep down we, we want and that we know are possible um and we can kind of you know cultivate um imagination and and, and nurture our imaginations within ourselves and we can also start to nurture the peoples around us, their imaginations, and we can come together and, and reinvigorate um, collective imagination. Um, I'm really passionate about that. Um, and that is what really excites me. Um, so that could go right. <laughs> and I think if we started engaging with our imaginations, um, we'd be able to look beyond the false solutions that are being presented to us right now in the face of the climate and ecological crisis and great social injustice. And we can actually get to the root of um, the conditions which give rise to all of these crises and injustices um, and transform those systems and replace those systems and come up with amazing, amazing new systems. Like I'm reading Rob Hopkins book at the moment um, <laughs> from what is to what if and so he's really like got me focused on this um and um yeah he in one part he's talking about education and in another part he's talking about capitalism but basically it's like these kind of systems which just completely destruct our imagination and our imaginative way of thinking like and I see it all the time when I'm trying to engage in conversations with people about the economy and I say I don't believe in capitalism. Like, I don't believe ca capitalism is like the system for humanity. And then the, what I often hear is like, oh, what's your communist? Oh, what's your socialist? And it's like, as if there's only like two forms of economy, you know, it's um, this kind of, we, we've lost our ability to engage critically, to use our imaginations, to understand that we are, humans are incredible creators and we can we can create so many different systems that actually allow humans to thrive you know within themselves to become aligned with our deepest natures and deepest needs to become aligned with each other and and to step into you know compassionate loving relationships with humanity and then that can also um, allow humanity to thrive in relationship with the natural world which we are a part of the natural world we're obviously not been plonked down on the natural world by somewhere else you've grown out of it um so yeah I mean I could go on but maybe I'll stop there yeah uh so um in this past year since you know suddenly 
um, Mother Nature gave us something really big, a really big lesson to learn. Um, and all of the other attendant changes and upheavals, do you see, do you see the, what you're talking about? Do you see this as a stronger trend or do you, does it live in you as a, um, a heartfelt wish that you are trying to continually um, uphold? Do you see evidence? Do you see evidence that, that what you're talking about is, is, is emerging you know, in any surprising um, ways? Yes and no. Um, it's it's always hard because of because the world's so big and there's always so much and so many amazing projects and initiatives and people doing incredible things all around the world and you just have to look at you'd have to look harder because it's not coming up on the news feed perhaps um but but because of the work that I do and why I love the work that I do is I'm constantly looking for these amazing projects and amazing people to bring them together to explore these big topics. Um, so 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 on one hand, yes, but then I don't know whether it's always been there, but maybe it's coming more to the surface. Um, that's not very clear. But the other thing I worry about as well is that we live in these echo chambers on social media. So my Instagram is full of environmental, like environmentally conscious content type of thing. But I know that if I went on someone else's Instagram, it might not look like that. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. I don't, I really don't know what, um, what effect um, this lockdown is going to have on collective consciousness, because I hear so many people say how it's given them time to pause and to connect with nature and a reevaluation of what's important in their life. And, um, you know, in a, and 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 I and I think our understanding of what what our purpose is has been shifted because so much of the so much of our stability has gone like our work, our socializing, parties, or shopping, or you know whatever it, these things that can give us a sense of stability and identity have kind of been taken away from us. So I think people will be searching for more meaning. So there's that. But then on the other hand, I also worry that. Um, with so much instability now, so much, I just want things to go back to normal. I worry that we're gonna be so desperately trying to go back to, to, to having our freedoms back, to being able to be out and be with friends, that we're not gonna be thinking about how can we um, harness this opportunity, this pause in order to, to co-create, you know, cultures that can truly thrive. I'm going to be working really hard on it. And I know hundreds of thousands of millions of people are going to be working on that too. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure really <laughs> if that's an okay answer. No, it, uh, I'm not sure is, is probably the right answer because uh, who can be sure about the future? But as a convener, <laughs> as a sort of cook in the cultural kitchen, do you, do you try to select people sort of outside of your bubble to like do you try to mix in spice do you are you trying to like expand the boundaries of what you bring into the stew 
so that we can see more clearly, you know? I mean, are you as a curator curating beyond your own sphere of normal? Yes, completely. And that's one of the incredible things that um, the that the pandemic has actually brought to Advire is that we used to do everything in person and that was core to what Advire was about, bringing people into a room, human fostering human connection and building community around positive change making and, and spiritual kind of practice and transformation. Um, but now doing everything online has been sad because we, we've kind of severed the, the kind of human connection that you really get to feel and hug people and, and meet people. However, it's meant that it's just opened up the world of teachers. Um, so, for example, we've got this Forest Guardian course coming up in May and we have 40 teachers from 30 different nations or communities around the world um, who were all teaching traditional forest knowledge. Um, and before we started putting this course together, I'd never heard of, of about 90% of them. You know, so they're really um, very, very grassroots individuals who are embedded in their community and who are living and breathing it. And, and as a curator, that can actually be really hard to find because you can, you often ask speakers to come and speak, who speak about the importance of doing you know, or like the, or kind of these, these like philosophical or conceptual concepts and ideas and what, what we could and should be doing. But to, to be able to bring together people who are li living and breathing it is amazing. And, and it would, I mean, obviously there are people living and breathing loads of incredible projects in, in the UK and in London, but it's definitely opened that up. Um, same with the regenerative activism series that we just did. Um, you know, it's, I think, I think why we, what kind of why we started Advaya, my sister and I, six years ago, is um, we were realizing how many incredible people and networks and communities are doing incredible things, but that so much of our peer group and the world, you know, our little world around us just didn't reflect that at all there was just no connection between this amazing these amazing cultures and worlds all, all around and it wasn't being reflected in where we were so that's why we started to bring people together and and audiences together and try and communicate what these amazing people are doing in order to inspire, inspire people who who a lot of people don't know that that things can be different that they can transform the way that they relate to themselves transform the way they relate to each other transform the way they relate to the natural world um so yeah so like that's so important in bringing people together who have different ideas different ways of being do you have any, um, as a curator, as a, um, like in this most recent event, I, I met, you know, through your chorus, really major activists. As a matter of fact, um, I, um, I invited Glacier Kwong to be on my podcast because I was like, how else would I have known this young woman? You know, and, and, and through her, the quality of relationships in that movement. Uh, it's almost like this sort of global curation that you're able to do, where you're able to bring in voices that you would never be able to bring into a room. Um, and also not just 
you know, not just collect the usual suspects, you know, the people who are famous enough that, you know, you're going to fill your course because you have so-and-so on it. Mm. You know, it's, it's almost like this is edge that we're being able to push out into the reality of the world. Like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm somewhat, somewhat of an activist where I am, but the level of courage required of me and dedication and disruption of my own life to challenge what's right in front of me in my cushy little, you know, town mm. is nothing compared to what some of the people I'm meeting are doing. Mm. If, you know, it's sort of like, I just am going to invite you to sort of sniff with me along this edge of what could possibly go right from this ability we have to break out of the commercial mold of just consuming content that's pre-digested for us and, and actually seeing for ourselves not through print, but through hearing people talk about their inner experience of living in some place where the forests are disappearing. Mm. I, you know, it's, it's like, it's very strange. The world comes in through these screens mm. and, and, and it feels somewhat like we're having more window on reality, unmediated window on reality. And at the same time, we're having a more disembodied experience. Like, do you have any sense about what's like pulsing on that edge of what we're being able to, how our consciousness, how our engagement, how our sense of ourselves in the world may be changing through this zooming that we're doing around the world? I think, the amazing thing about the zooming <laughs> and uh, is about the accessibility to new narratives and new stories. And, you know, you were saying about these different people being able to express their inner lives, their, their, their inner experiences. Um, and I think that's so important because we've, it's almost like we think we live in a culture that is evolved out of mythology and out of storytelling and we're no longer bound by story or myth but mm. that's a scary thing is that we are but we don't even recognize we are you know you know in in more traditional cultures where storytelling was a very active part of culture people would sit down for story but now we live in story, it feels to me, you know, the story of the growth-based economy, um, the story that we're not born whole, the story that we're an individual, the story that we need to buy things we don't need to impress people we don't, I don't know, I don't want to say don't like, but you know what I mean, impress people in the wrong way. Right. Um, and, and, and these are stories that are so like both outside of ourselves and both very much within ourselves. Um, so there's this amazing thing with, you know, the curating people to, to not give like, you know, this is how you do this, but to more, to platform important dialogues that 
can inspire people to shift their perspective on their own story and on this, you know, their own inner story and the outer stories that they're maybe unconsciously imbibing and, and putting inside of themselves. Um, I think that's really powerful. On the other hand, I think that we like we we thrive off human connection, even if we find human connection intimidating sometimes. We really do it, it nourishes us. And I I don't think that you know zooming can and, and online events and online education can ever be more profound than in person, but I think it can open up many doors um, to new ways of being and, and new, new, new understandings that you can then start to implement into your everyday life. Like we've, we're running a course at the moment called The Journey Home. And it was, it's the first course we've ever curated. And, um, and it's been a really interesting, amazing process. But we were saying at the beginning that we don't just want it to be a course. Advaya is about being embodied. And, and it's about practice as much as it is about kind of knowledge and ideas. Um, and so throughout the course, we're offering practices, whether it's, you know, well, not whether it's, it will be writing prompts, but also embodiment practices or things where you can bring the ideas into the into a deeper um, part of yourself. Um, so yeah, it's like anything really, there's so much positivity and incredible um, beauty to what online events can bring. But I don't, but I, but it, we can't replace like the importance of human connection and learning and learning within embodied community, I think is so important. Do you think that, are there ways that we can convene online as we will continue to do and feed into a sort of a greater social intelligence for people where they are? I mean, can the practices not just be writing prompts, but go into your community and, you know, is there a way that you can see in your courses that, or in all of our online work that we can create a greater integration between online and IRL in real life? You know, what do you see? Yeah, completely. Um... And I, I think that's what's so important. It's like, you know, the, I think in a, in a world which can feel so overwhelming when you're thinking about systemic change, um, because we're thinking about these huge kind of structures that suddenly we think our local community and making change on that level will, but will, will be insignificant in comparison to the systemic, but actually all over the world, communities are taking kind of matters into their own hands, they're becoming more self-sufficient, they're increasing their sovereignty, they're engaging in participatory democracy, um, you know, they're, they're, they're setting up um, ecosystem restoration projects, like there's so much going on. And in that way, completely, I mean, all the courses, you know, that we would be doing always and, and, and like the reasons for curation is it's never knowledge for knowledge sake. It's kind of how can we inform our action? Um, how can we cultivate um, places of peace within ourselves so that our action can arise from that place of peace so that we're not perpetuating systems of dominance and oppression and, and all of this, I, I think, being very emphatic in the curation of, of, of courses and, and also or of anything, of any kind of thing online and, and, and really inviting um, those who may be leading or guiding or speaking to really 
to to come into that intention intentionally um and 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 remember that you know it's how you know how can you kind of shift it to inspire people not just by the ideas or the story but how that can be a lived experience for people right. and people and take that and and I think also inviting um uh, the listeners or the guests or participants to also reflect afterwards on how that can be integrated into their life as well um I think that's really important because often we are passive listeners um you know, we, like we can shift out of being a passive listener to about how we're like listening to that and then how it reflects in our own life. And I think in that way, things like breakout groups and stuff are so important um, on online events so that you people can actually take a moment to, to sit and discuss. Um, I learn personally and I process much um, more quickly and much more deeply if I have a chance afterwards to discuss something with someone. If I'm just listening, I actually... I don't process a lot. I, I was actually, I was diagnosed as a slow processor when I was little. <laughs> that was my, uh, part of my dyslexia. Um, so it really helps me to have that, those moments afterwards um, to, to, to kind of discuss. The other weird thing about the online sphere is that you can be so immersed in this space and then the event ends and you close your laptop and it's like nothing ever happened or you shut your computer down. Yeah. It's quite weird. <laughs> it is quite weird. Yeah, I think that might be, um, should get back together with you in a year. You know, that might be an edge, a learning edge, you know, for um, integrating online learning and in real life so that it has, it has, uh, it, it has a greater sort of frictionless glide, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I don't think we know how to do this. It's almost like there's an opportunity right now. Um, and it's going to keep going, even with the vaccines, there's this opportunity to really try something new as a species mm-hmm. to be actually in an accelerated learning environment. But there's, um, but what are we learning? <laughs> mm-hmm. And there are people who are in QAnon school and you know right wing militia school and you know <laughs> Telegraph school and you know Facebook school and Instagram school and you know Advia school and you know I mean maybe this is a maybe we're in a transition zone exactly as a learning species mm-hmm. and we're in this transition zone and. You are doing your experiments on the leading edge. I'm doing mine. Um, But I think it's really powerful to hold the question Um, always. I mean, I love questions. So one of the questions that I love holding is what's missing if it were present would make all the difference. You know, so here we are in this massive global learning, online learning experiment. But so what's missing from it that if it were present would make all the difference. So maybe we get together in a year and we talk about that. What do you, do you have any thoughts about that now? It's so cheesy, but I want to just say love because <laughs> <laughs> I um, was like, 
say something more academic. <laughs> no, it's perfect. No, love is the love is the right answer. I you. I think we're so there's so there's so much fear um, and there's so much self hatred and there's so much um, it's like suppression and oppression of ourselves and of each other. Um, and I think cultivating the love within us and and for each other and for this incredible life that we've been blessed with. Um, I just like if you imagine like humans walking around with like real love in their heart and their words and their actions and their thoughts kind of being rooted in in that what a different mm. world that would be how, how fearless and imaginative and you know creative and compassionate and exciting and joyful and blissful I'm sure it would have its total struggles and challenges as well but I think, you know, as much as possible, cultivating that um, would take us a really far away, if not all the way <laughs> to live more utopian. If that can, I don't actually believe utopia can exist because I believe that everything is always in flux. Um, and I think that it's through, like, because everything is always changing, we're required as, as being conscious living beings to always take action in order to restore harmony where disharmony has occurred, to to, store, to restore order where disorder has occurred. My understandings of harmony and, and of order is how um, allowing yourself to kind of fulfill your natural design of being able to flourish in harmony with yourself and with the kind of with the world around you. Um, I mean, it just occurs to me in this moment talking to you, but I mean, maybe maybe that's a thing that we could we could ask our guests to provide us with is a spontaneous practice for the people that people can practice what the guest preaches in their daily lives. Mm -hmm. Some little little bonbon, some little sweet that they can suck on, you know. <laughs> well, here we are in the great classroom, great mm -hmm. Zoom classroom. And um, learning and teaching, and it is interesting, I think, as I listen to you about my own transformation, my own surprise to discover that I didn't know it all, <laughs> you, know, you know, that, you know, to, to discover that I'm as, um, even though I've thought a lot and done a lot, et cetera, et cetera, we're in a moment in time when we're all on a learning edge, we have to be, because no, nothing, no even bright ideas we created way back then, you know, are sufficient to what this is. It can't be, because if it were, we would have already done it, you know? So it's a very difficult time to be um, so, um, so thrust onto a learning edge. And to accompany one another in doing that is important. Yeah, I think for, for I think there's a lot of learning to be had, and there's a lot of unlearning to be had. Yes, and I'm picking a lot of the ideas that we've held so dearly for so long, and I say we kind of meaning like collectively mainstream culture um, type of thing. Um, but it's also, 
I don't know if I can say this, but I think it's also quite simple what we, you know, some of the things that we can do are, are very simple and very straightforward in some ways. And I think a large part of that is, you know, becoming active in your local community and bringing more life and equality and freedom into that space and um, planting a tree or growing some vegetables or being aware of, you know, the water and starting break, like basically kind of anything to do with ecosystem restoration um, right. and building community because building community is so integral and so radical in a world of individualism in a world that is so lonely um, supporting people and yourself and your mental well-being, um, which is, with, I mean, we started via with this idea that, you know, the mental health crisis is a reflection of the environmental crisis and vice versa. And these are not two separate, two separate right. spheres, you know, separate spheres. Right. It's so interconnected and interwoven. So I think, you know, we can think we need to do so much, but actually there's billions of people who are going to do amazing things in their lives. So just find something that feels really good for you. And because we're all gifted with incredible skill sets and, 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 and dreams and ideas and visions. And I think just people can start with that and it could be a tiny thing or something really massive and grand or something really humble and, 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 and discreet that no one even notices. Um, Cause actually we, yeah, I think it's like, we needed like the slowing down so that we can start to think more imaginatively about what our place is in the world and the kinds of cultures we can co-create. I don't think I've done anything that has become big that didn't start small. <laughs> mm. You know, and even some of the things that I've done that have gotten big, when I first tried to do them, I did them from a point of view of, of creating something big. And of course, you know, not of course, but I never could make it happen. And then when I would throw my hands up and just give up and say, I, I don't care about the big thing. I just want to do this one tiny little thing that's aligned with the thing, this thing that I've had in my mind that won't go away, this itch that I have never scratched. And then I do the little thing and it's not guaranteed, but from that authentic, small thing that I do from my heart, stuff grows. Mm, yeah. Totally. So, yeah. So thank you. This is, um, this is a really great backroom conversation with another curator and convener um, investigating the edge that we're on. I, I would like to do this again, let's say in a year's time, if we're both doing whatever this is um, mm -hmm. and, and just talk again about like, what are we noticing? How are we a learning species in a vast classroom that has lab work, local lab work and, and um, these large learning communities. So thank you, Christabel. Yeah, thank you so much, Vicky. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review so that this hopeful message can get out to more people. Check out Post Carbon Institute's Resilience website for show notes and for more guest information. Join us on Patreon and become a financial supporter of the show and for exclusive content and special online events. 
Thanks also to Cher Miller, Amy Burringrud, and Clara Winter of Post Carbon Institute, plus production assistant Michelle Wig from frugalityandfreedom.com.